All right, now I'm ready-ish. <laughs> I promise I'm good. All right. All right. Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Stanny. And you're listening to Mixed Politics. Welcome to episode 26. Yay. What are you drinking, Stanny? I am drinking... <laughs> I am drinking a Jamaican staple. I probably have shown this on the podcast before. I think so, yeah. This is what we call the whites. The Ray and Nephew overproof white rum. So I'm probably lit... Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um, but it's it's just regular, just it's rum and coke, but that's like super strong. And some lime juice. Oh. Just a sprinkle of lime. Um just I'm just keeping it regular and safe yeah. for our first episode. Mm-hmm. Not trying to experiment too much. Yeah. What what are you drinking tonight? I am just drinking a bang mixed hard seltzer. Um that's it. I I'm not doing anything fancy tonight. What's what kind of alcohol is it? Is that vodka? Oh, you know, honestly, I don't know. I've never looked at the. <laughs> I've never looked at what kind of. All I know is it's, usually those mixes alcohol, are vodka. Probably. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Um, right. I just know it tastes good. It does. And it doesn't have sugar, so I'm good. <laughs> all right. So, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about what's going on with the economy and with the Supreme Court vacancy. Okay, so the economy. I don't know if you guys heard or been paying attention, but last year in 2021, apparently we had the best year on record since 1984, which is like two years short of my entire life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What was the the growth of the economy was 5.7% in the year. Mm -hmm. We haven't had any growth like that for close to 40 years. Wow. You're telling me I'm a couple years older than yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about that um, is that the economy is doing really well, but a lot of people aren't feeling it. They're not feeling it, and they're being told on the television yeah. that the economy is shit right now. It's not shit. I know, but they're being it's, told that like it is. this week, this specific week, the third third week of January, second third week of January, like the 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 S and P and index and the Dow and Nasdaq, whatever, everybody took a dive. Crypto's down, all of sure, those things yeah, down, yeah. whatever. But that's just a stock market. That hasn't really affected anybody who doesn't have stocks, really, right. which is the majority of people, right? Um, but the economy as a whole, like it's it dipped. But it didn't dip to the point where like people are like in the red. Yes. Like, it's, 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 it's being bearish right now. But the economy as a whole is still doing as well or in the same range as it was end of last year, November, like mm-hmm. last quarter, uh, November, December, which is, you know, the 5.7% growth. Mm-hmm. And people aren't feeling it. And the reason why people aren't feeling it is because of the fucking talking points yes. that have persisted for at least the last... Oh, since Obama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when was that? Two thousand eight. Well, that's when he started. Right. So two thousand eight. So the so talking points around that time have always been, you know, well, well, what about the economy? Well, we're worried about the economy, and I'm like, ah. So yeah. Just to clear it all up, the economy for regular Joe Schmo, plumber, taxi driver, whatever, is how much bread, milk eggs and gas to a certain extent extent cost right that's it that's the economy for most people however when economists and people on the news are talking about the economy they're talking about how much money rich people are making off stocks (laughs) that's that's it it's not the same thing so right now the economy is amazing Mm -hmm. according to the tv which means rich people are doing really well off stocks you can't buy egg, milk, bread, cheese, or gas. And you're like, why do they keep telling me that it's so fucking good? And gas is three seventy-five or whatever the hell it's at. Like, that's not, it's not good. And I'm, and for me personally, for just this one point, this one I told you so point, mm-hmm. I'm happy that this is happening so that right. people can finally stop the, the, doing this shit about, well, I'm voting for so-and-so because of the economy. Yeah. They no, do. bro, do you have any stocks? No, then shut the fuck up about the economy, man. Like, one thing 
thing that I want to note about the talking points in the media mm. is about inflation. And yeah. that goes to the price of gas, the price of bread, the price of milk, the price of eggs. Economists understand this, but they're not really saying much because they don't give a shit. They don't. They got their money. <laughs> the average the average person freaks out at the price of gas and bacon and you know ground beef right mm-hmm. now, and they're like, "Oh, inflation, this, inflation, that." One thing we need to keep in mind. Yeah. The reason that the prices of meat are going up right now, the price of eggs are going up right now, is because when was the last time you walked out into your backyard and slaughtered a cow and ground your own meat? No, you go to the store right. to buy it. Now, cows don't actually graze in the grocery store. They have to be shipped. They, right. You know, So everything is being shipped to these grocery stores, which means it's dependent on the gas prices. The- gas prices are a factor in pretty much everything that you buy at the store. Yeah. So if not for gas prices... How much does it take for us to get the shit here? Yeah, exactly. So if not for gas prices... The cost of everything else probably would not be escalated right now. But I do want to say that all of the talking points going on right now about inflation, Mm. they're all year over year. Yeah. That's it. When, yeah. Were you going to talk about that? I I was. I was. But only briefly because, you know, obviously economists are looking at, you know, many years compared to this year and not just, you know, what was it last year mm-hmm. or what was it in 2020 or whatever um and like if you if you it's i don't know it's very frustrating because you have to as a as an individual do more looking into these topics yes. than just what you hear for it to yes. make sense like if you like like if you hear yeah. the economy is doing good but you're like yo i just spent 90 bucks on gas this week mm-hmm. you're like well, it's obviously not doing good. But I've been trying to tell you for a long time that what they mean as the economy and what the economy means to you are two different things. So if you're voting based on the economy, if you're making financial decisions based on the economy mm-hmm. and you're not a shareholder, a stockholder, a, you know, you don't have bonds, you don't, you're not invested in, in now in crypto or whatever then you probably need to stop listening to these people and figure out a way how to buy eggs and meat and bread because they're not talking about you. Definitely stop listening to these people. They're trying to manipulate the statistics and only share the part of the story that makes you get upset. Right. So the reason I mentioned year over year is because the the main talking point right now about inflation is mm-hmm. that this is the highest amount of inflation since 1982. <laughs> There was no pandemic in 1981. <laughs> the reason that there was inflation in 1982 was because of monetary policy. Yeah. So if we fast forward to now, yes, we do have inflation year over year. So the inflation we have now is compared to last year. Yeah. What's been happening the last two years? We haven't been doing shit. There's been a pandemic. No, in 2020, nobody was driving anywhere. Right. Gas prices were negative. So, so the reason that it's inflated prices is mm-hmm. because we're comparing it to the last year. All right. Not even. This isn't even speculation. This mm-hmm. is exactly what has happened over the last two years. We, as a country, as as actually the global community spent less on travel we spent less on entertainment we spent less on like just excursions in general going out to eat going out you know sporting events you know they couldn't have um uh crowds or audiences or or whatever so all of those were cut out so people had money that they weren't spending on you know goods and services no they were they weren't spending on services like travel but they started spending on goods. So if you if you weren't going to Disney World and if you weren't going to Nantucket or Key West or whatever, now you had like $2,000, you're just like, fuck it, I need a new computer. Yeah. So you, you bought a new computer. People got new TVs, people got new whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's why, because of the, the and if you, if, you, if you really want to like put in all of the information that made the economy what it was um, last year in 2021, you have to also factor in the stimulus. Mm-hmm. So people finally got their socialist checks um, where 
some of their tax money that weren't being used for, you know, military bombs came back into their pockets. Yeah. And they're just like, holy shit, instead of $2,000, I have $4,000. So instead of buying one PC, I'm going to buy one for me and my girlfriend or me and my kid. And mm -hmm. I'm going to buy a PS5 and whatever. So people started buying more goods. But the services kind of, it was, it was it at shrunk a, a lot. It shrunk. So here's, here's also what that affected, right? If you're buying more products, just like you mentioned before, the shipping, the trucking, the transportation, mm -hmm. whatever, right? And so it's, it's so weird that I listen to actual smart people that I know mm -hmm. are telling me, oh, there's a shortage of this and there's a shortage of that. And it's just like, do you realize that people bought five times more of X last year, X good, X thing, than they did any other year in history mm -hmm. because we were sitting at home like yeah. with our thumbs up our ass, like, what are we going to do? Right. Might, yeah. might as well buy a PS5. And now they have to ship out more PS5s, more TVs, more computers, more cameras, more digital cameras, more whatever. And then all of the, the stuff that everybody's buying off Amazon. Yes. Which, which is why Jeff Bezos increased like his net worth exponentially over, you know, yes. over the pandemic. And so it's all of those factors that makes the good buying part of the economy mm -hmm. be doing really well. So if you look at stocks, which if you really like shave it down to the to the, the nitty-gritty mm -hmm. stocks is a bunch of boxes in a warehouse somewhere that you've never seen <laughs> and you own two percent of those fucking boxes sure. instead of there being 10 boxes like in previous years there are now 500 of those boxes because you're buying the shit right? with the stimulus money with the whatever yes. and so that's what kind of pushed the economy to 5.7 percent or the gdp growth mm -hmm. um to 5.7 percent last year and it's been 40 years since anything like, right. like that happened. But if you just listen to the TV, it makes it sound like, oh, don't worry. We're doing really, really well. But at the same time, we can't afford shit. No, we aren't doing really, really well. Mm -mm. Hedge fund managers are yes. doing really, really well. Yes. That's, that's, exactly. that's, that's the difference between the economy and the economy. Right. And you just have to keep in mind that every time you hear somebody saying 5.7% growth, they're talking about now as compared to a year ago. A year ago. And so gas prices are up. Inflation is up as compared to a mm -hmm. year ago. So remember what you were doing a year ago. And also, we have to keep this in perspective of what gas prices are now. What are they, Three fifty a gallon or something? So Some, yeah. It's over $3 a gallon, mm. which is the same as what it was in 2017. Yeah. Y'all been here before. So I know everybody's freaking out because the media is telling them the economy yeah, is yeah, terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Inflation is this. Inflation is this. You're paying the same price for gas now as you were pre-pandemic. Pre pre-pandemic. So it's all relative. You have to keep this in mind. But to your point, mm -hmm. the economy for us is different from the economy as as it the, it relates to the stock market and the and the high securities trade or the the you know all the trading that happens with yeah. the stocks and the bonds and the everything is different for it us. It was it was such a frustrating talking point leading up to like the the Trump election yes. where people were just like, "Well, I'm concerned about like I get it when people are just like, "Well, I'm concerned about the Supreme Court because they just want to like infringe on women's rights." Like I get it. That's 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 important to you. You want to do that be my guest or go fuck yourself. But whatever. But when people are like, you know, "Well, I'm worried about the economy or whatever." I'm like, no, "What the not. fuck do you know about the economy?" No. No. Because the economy that the TV is telling you is, is about stocks and you don't own any. Correct. So just, Correct. just please Are stop. any of us um, high frequency trading right now? No. Um, then we we are not part of... Wait. No, I'm talking high frequency trading, not just trading. Not, not just... Not, okay. So high, high frequency. frequency, not volume. Exactly. Because I am I am buying the fuck out of put options. Oh, I know. But no, you're just trading. Yeah, yeah. That's just trading. I am day trading the high, shit out of high, put options right now. <laughs> high frequency trading is what happens with the people who can do it in milliseconds. Right. So I'm I'm just a retail investor. Like exactly. I don't I don't have access exactly. to the bullpen. So if you're not a high frequency trader, you're not talking about yeah. the same economy that yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so in terms of inflation, since you brought that up, yes. um the predictions for this year, um, and this is to, to, to quell the doom and gloom 
the prices are going to go down. Every economist, yes. and I did a lot of yes. reading over this week getting prepared for this podcast, um, is that by the third quarter of, so we're, mm, we just started the first. Mm-hmm. Man, January is going slow as shit. It is. It's like January. <laughs> and then it goes February, March, April, May. Yeah, <laughs> yeah every year, same shit. Yeah. But third quarter, um, the predictions from economists that I've read and economists that, that work for us, uh, CNBC, Bloomberg, even Fox, um, are saying that by the third quarter, all of these crazy prices should just go back to normal. It's, it's going to stabilize. So, for sure, for sure. like right now, I think it's at somewhere at like it's it's peaking at around seven okay. percent, which is where we're teetering mm-hmm. right now. Sure. Um, in terms of inflation, and they're saying that by the third quarter, we should be somewhere back in the three three point somewhere between two point seven and three point seven percent. Yes, and and that. Is, are they saying that's just going to be normalizing on its own or yes. as a result of monetary policy? Because I not, No, not monetary policy. Normalizing on its own. And then also a lot of these, this backlog of, of you know, hold up on goods and microchips and all of those things sure. that are whatever. They're expecting that to ease up with, you know, one, more vaccination, mm-hmm. um, more travel, whatever, whatever. But also, also, maybe a little bit of monetary policy. Because um, there's a buzz right now, and it's not just a buzz. Like it's going to happen by March. I'm I'm predicting by March, the Fed is going to hike the interest yes, rates. That's why I was going there with the monetary policy. Girl, I'm on this. Why okay. you act like I don't know what the fuck? I'm... I know, I know. Mm. Well, yeah. we were talking about that at work today. Yeah, the... it's it's impacting my industry that the Fed is going to hike rates, and and this is not something to freak out about because as it relates, they do to... this. All the time. All the time. Especially once people start getting money. Yes. And like, we're just like, oh, they got money to spend? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. turn it up a little bit. But I, I want to I <laughs> drop a little bit of knowledge here. That when I first started working in the financial industry, mm-hmm. it was in the late 90s. Interest rates were 8%, I believe. Wow. And in the early 2000s, the interest rates dropped. And they have not risen since. Yeah. We have been close to 0% rate for a long long time so i think a lot of people forget about the perspective it's again it's about the perspective Mm -hmm. where we are today versus where we were 40 years ago the last time we had this much of an increase in inflation and back 40 years ago interest rates were 20 percent so the fed was doing their their thing to try to manipulate this a little bit but the the borrowing rate was at 20 percent so yeah so you're talking about that was Today, just about Bush presidency, right? The first. No, no, no. I'm talking about Reagan. Reagan years. And back then, interest rates were 20%-ish. So we're talking about people having mortgages with 20% interest rates. That's where they were the last time inflation was this high. So please understand yeah. that, yes, gas prices and, are and up. And right now, and today, they're really, really low. Like you, low. you can get a mortgage for, like, at, like, if you have a decent credit rating and, like, whatever you can get like 2.3 percent right now yes like easily so it, it's my advice low. to you is if you're looking to buy a house and i know this market is shit because i'm a real estate agent um it's, it's a very good seller's market buyers are losing their shit mm-hmm. if you can buy a house before march 15th <laughs> you should do that but, but because even- if because the rate is Oh, but even at that, no, no, the interest rates when the when the Fed hikes the prime rate, mm-hmm. it only goes up a quarter percent of the quarter time. time. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's not going to get up to twenty percent anytime. No, soon. no, no, nowhere near twenty percent. So, so, so when he says that the rates are going to go up, it's not going to be. Yeah, it's, it's not, not going up. It's not going up by like one percentage point. But but if you if you're buying a house for like three hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, like point two five percent, it makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but I don't. I audience is going to be buying three hundred thousand dollar homes so hey i think all my audience members are rich as fuck <laughs> got more money than me i'm hoping that they do so yes it's yeah. all about thinking yes if you're scared about the economy right now if you're scared about inflation mm. and they compare it the media compares it to 1981 1982 actually go back and look at the statistics and the interest rates from back then and it's very starkly different from where we are today yeah. so it seems like doom and gloom but it's really not as bad as it was last time inflation was this high and like you said it's going to normalize yeah the interest rates the fed's going to hike the prime rate 
ever so slightly. They might hike it several times this year. Because I was I was gonna mention that. Like yeah. I think during the Trump presidency, in that I remember what year it was, but they hiked it like three times. Like yes. it went, went up it like was, it was so small. It, it was, was small, but it, it did go up three different times in one year. Speaking of, Trump is that much of just a maniac that he was trying to get the Fed to lower it to negative interest rates. I mean, dude is an idiot. That is not taught in any economic class. It's not a thing. Anyway, what the fuck? He just thinks up shit. You remember? Because he wanted the nuclear hurricane. This is the same guy we're talking about. So let's not spend any time on that because what's the fuck? So make sure you're using reliable sources when you're trying to get information. Negative interest rate. So like you go to the bank for a mortgage and they're just like, here's also some money. Yes. (laughs) That's not a thing. That is not a thing. So, yes, it, a monetary policy is going to come into play here a little bit. But it, those are things that just kind of tweak a little bit, but it's not going to be drastic. Yeah. Um, by the end of 2023, or I, actually, I don't know if it's the end. By 2023, what I've read, and I've read from multiple sources, sources I like, sources I don't like. Um, <laughs> hey, that's good critical thinking skills right there. Expose yourself know, to right? things that you don't necessarily it's like. It's one of the things that I have to do when like preparing for this. I'm yes. like, I'm like, what are these fucktards saying? <laughs> what are these people who I trust are yeah, saying? It, exactly. And, you know, um, but th- this time, everybody's saying the same thing. Okay. Actual economists. And like, I implore you, if you do claim you ca- care about the economy, go read... Literally, there's a paper called The Economist. I, I love The Economist. Go read it. Yes. Yeah. I get an email to me weekly. Um, so they're saying that by it, it's going to normalize twenty by third quarter 2022, 2023 is going to be even lower. Okay. And I, I, I'm Not thinking so that, that what they're banking on is that the pandemic at that time should be endemic. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of those people who does your own research and you've never heard of the term endemic, go do some do more research. research. Go do some more fucking research. <laughs> but yeah, so if if they're banking on maybe by third quarter endemic, but there's like this poll or petition if we should get like another stimulus check. Interesting. Yeah, and like so, I clicked on it just for fun, oh, yeah. and oh. and and like seventy nine percent of the people were just like, "Yes, another stimulus." And I'm like, "You socialist motherfuckers! <laughs> you socialist pieces of shit!" Uh, yeah, so funny to me. It's so it's so, so it's funny. so funny that everybody hates socialism and communism out loud, but when you get to click on your phone. In privacy of your bathroom while you're taking a two, <laughs> you're, you want another stimulus check, don't you? And it's fine. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. You know why? Because you you paid the taxes. So if, if if they ain't doing shit with it except building more bombs and you're just like giving me back some of my money earlier in the year than I usually would get it, then I'm cool with it. Get your money, young man. Get your money. But that's what the poll... I, I, and I don't know if it was a government poll... Or like an actual, I don't know if it was a poll or petition, one of them. But like I keep seeing it popping up. Like, would you want another stimulus check? And I was so surprised. I was like, 79%? I'm not surprised. But this makes my brain hurt. You want to know why? Why? (laughs) Why? As a student of economics, somebody who has done extensive research in comparative economic systems... The fact that people would call this socialism or communism makes my brain hurt so like much. Like, if I give you $10, if I give you, if, all right, tell you what, if I give you $10 every week for doing this podcast, that you should come here and bring Coca-Cola so I can drink my rum. And okay. you keep doing that. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, you're just like, yo, I keep giving you $10, but the Coca-Cola only costs $4. Uh-huh. So that every week I could give you $6 back. Right. And then at like at about four months, you're just like, yo, I kind of got like $200 I could give you back <laughs> that I haven't been using. Right. And you should just have it here. Like that's, I don't know why people have a problem with this. I don't either. But that's, that's really what's happening. Because ain't, they ain't doing shit with our money except making the greatest military in the universe i was just gonna say they're making bombs they're making planes they're making drones they're making all this kind of stuff give me my fucking money back like build schools 
you know, greater fire departments, build roads, bridges, airports, what, and then whatever's left, be like, yo, hey, I, 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 knew, I knew I was born in the wrong era and also the wrong race for the era. Because mm-hmm. believe me, I don't want to be born in any time previous to now as a black person. <laughs> I, I'm not crazy. But Understood. when Jefferson <laughs> balanced the budget was so cool. When he was just like, hey, guys, we've paid off all our debt. And we got fucked on the money here. I guess we should give it back to the people who gave it to us. I don't know why we don't think like that now. Because that was very socialist of him. Yes, yes. But, I mean, there's a reason for for us to have debt in our economy. Because, I mean, we've talked about this before. We should do a whole episode on the Federal Reserve. Debt drives borrowing ability. We we should do a whole episode on this. You know what? I'm gonna write that down. Yes. We are doing a we are doing an episode, do episode on the Fed Reserve. Exactly. And and, 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 and monetary policy, how this works, how our economy and gold backed currency and certificates and bonds. Yes. Oh Jesus yes. Christ, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have Can to we get talk drunk. About Fort Knox a little bit too. I mean, that's just kind of cool. They, does Fort Knox even have gold anymore? Um, I don't know if they still do. Uh, I think so because where are they? Where's it gonna go? We're told they have gold. Where's might, it gonna go? You might. You know what the funny thing is? You might get into Fort Knox and there's like eight bricks. No, ain't nobody <laughs> been to Fort Knox. <laughs> yeah. Like eight bricks just sitting there like I on know. a pallet. Like I know. This is what we have. But. There's so much that so much misinformation about how our economy works to the yeah the extent that I just saw an interview with Janet Yellen, and uh, Glenn Beck was talking about this interview, calling it fascism. What she was talking about, and I just wanted to throw something because what he was referring to as fascism mm. was Janet Yellen saying that they were drawing, going to try to incentivize through market-driven incentives to get businesses to invest in clean energy. What's wrong with that? It, and what, how is that fascist? I thought that's what conservatives wanted was Dude, to have market that's, incentives. That's the thing. They just throw around, like anytime they just, anytime they're against a person or an administration yes. or a thing, they just throw around buzzwords. They're just yes. like, socialist, communist, fascist. And it's like, right. bro, you are the motherfuckers who try to overthrow the government. That is literally like if you look in the dictionary under fascism, you will see a big ass picture of January 6th. It, 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 look up self coup. <laughs> so it, that, this really hurts me a lot to hear people throw out these words when mm. I've actually studied this and I'm like, that's not at all what this is. Do you even know what that means? They don't. I don't so, know what fascism is. Mm, huh? It's kind of mm, weird. It's just, it's insane to me. So. Yeah, I think that's good to to let people at least know that that the the more wise approach to take to the economy when you yeah. hear inflation this then you know turn off the television, go read a book. Go read The Economist. Go read The Economist. It's a really good publication. Yes, it really is. Good. We're done with The Economist. All right. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the Supreme Court vacancy. Justice Stephen Breyer announced this week that he, or at least when we're filming this, that he is going to retire. I hear he's a little upset that it leaked in the press because uh, he didn't really want people to know yet. But. So, so, so he's also not that smart. No, no, no. He's smart. He, no. Trust me on this. He one. told somebody, and then he's upset that it leaked in the press. You told somebody, dude. If you um, don't want it leaked in America, don't tell anyone. <laughs> He has a staff, though. I don't know where it came from. But there have been rumors because within the last several months, he had lunch with Joe Biden. There's been a lot of pressure for him to step down because he's 82, 83 years old or something. So we're going to talk about this and the reasons it's important. Um, Here's some basics that I think every American needs to know about the Supreme Court because there's so much misinformation about what the purpose of the court is, but then how these appointments work and how the Senate confirms these people. So the Supreme Court is established in the art, in Article 3 of the Constitution. Um, strangely, not lots of people don't know this, but Congress actually creates the lower courts. The mm. Supreme Court is the only court that actually is codified in the Constitution. So they can't issue official rulings on anything hypothetical. They can only rule on cases that are in front of them. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of people want the Supreme Court to have some kind of a guidance, a hypothetical guidance about Roe v. Wade and about 
guns and legislation about gun control and everything like that. Well, they yeah. can't. They have to have a case in front of them to actually make those kind of rulings. There's nothing in the Constitution, nothing, zip, zilch, nada, about how many Supreme Court justices can be on the bench. You know what? Not to cut you, but I think we also should do an entire episode on the Constitution. Sure. Which is weird because like that whole episode can take 20 minutes. Oh, well. The Constitution ain't long. Well, no. See, re- reading the Constitution only takes about twenty minutes. Yeah. But talking about all the shit that happens as a re- as as a result of the Constitution, that, yeah, 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 that's like five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so the court Supreme Court started with six justices in seventeen eighty nine, and then it was expanded to nine justices in eighteen sixty nine. Yeah, and hasn't changed since. There have been nine justices since then. I kind of feel like it's time to change that. But you want you want more or less? I want more. Why? Because more experts involved in a discussion provides mm-hmm. even more diversity of thought. The more diversity we have, the better these arguments go. And and you can really tell this if you listen to Supreme Court arguments mm-hmm. and, and the oral hearings, which I do. They live stream. So yeah. I sometimes sit and listen to live hearings going on. And you can hear them asking certain questions and you can kind of figure, me, I think I know where this person's going with this. But Mm. then they ask a totally different question. But the diversity of questioning and thought is what makes a better ruling, I think. Okay, I agree. But there's also another consideration that I'm thinking about. And it might be just the the drinks or (laughs) it might be my (laughs) cultural background. It might be all of this. But have you ever heard of the saying... Too many chefs. Too many cooks in the spoil kitchen. the broth. Oh, too many cooks in the kitchen. I that's that's, that's how y'all say it here. Yeah, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. All right, where I'm from is too many rats dig a terrible hole. <laughs> that's a, that's a loose translation. That is a possibility for sure. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like some people are just like we should have 17, we should have 13, we should have 15, and I'm mm-hmm. like, why do you really want all of these people? I think that like so in terms of the the too many cooks and too many chefs. You don't think that would be an issue? Uh, 17 seems excessive, but I think there's a good balance you can find. I think maybe nine isn't really enough because there is recently, there's a, I'm just going to say it. I'm not trying to sound ageist here, but there are some elderly people on the court. Except that, that, except that one new chick who never tried a case before she got there. Amy Coney Barrett? Jesus Christ. I know what, mm-hmm. like, this is America. How did that happen? I know. But so Stephen Breyer is one of those who are there. He's elderly, <laughs> 83, 82. But he actually was my favorite after RBG. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, hands down, my favorite justice of all. We can't tell. Right. <laughs> and uh, after she died, I still had a little bit of comfort in Justice Breyer being there. I have books of his. I own books of his. He's Mm. a fascinating character. This was a book that he wrote about how Supreme Court cases throughout the years have actually impacted the globe. Mm. Other other, uh, countries' justice systems or legislatures. What's that other book you got there? This one is one that I read years ago. It's called The Nine, the Inside the Secret World of the Supreme Court. And this is really interesting because it talks about the friendships between some of the justices Mm. that are diametrically opposed politically like rbg and antonin scalia but the, the author uh tobin mm-hmm. where where Jeffrey did tubin, tubin sorry mm-hmm. where did he get his does he is he like an insider was he like I, a staffer or i don't recall it's been so many years since i've read this book i don't recall off the top of my head i'll find out though but the the kinds of stories that are in there we're talking about and this is relevant to the whole discussion of how mm. the court works um, Justice Chief Justice Rehnquist was writing the what he thought was going to be the the majority opinion for a case. It's called Casey versus Planned Parenthood. This is the second major case after Roe v. Wade that really solidified that abortion was a right guaranteed under the Constitution. I remember that case. Yeah, it was in 1992. Mm. So Chief Justice Rehnquist was writing an opinion that was basically like. Roe got it wrong. And there were three conservative justices on the court that read his 
draft copy mm -hmm. and they said oh that's a bridge too far and they actually sided with the liberal justices and that's how casey versus planned parenthood became the the one that that did not overturn roe v wade chief justice rehnquist actually thought that they were going to be overturning roe in 1992 but it was his language in that opinion. They were like, dude, no, why, that's, why that's you, not cool. You tripping, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Justice Breyer is one of the types of people who is what they call a pragmatist. I like that word. Yes, that's an that's actual term that's used to describe the people who think that Constitution is a living document. People like Chief Justice Rehnquist mm. or Antonin Scalia are what they're calling originalists. originalists. And they think that... The dudes who wrote the Constitution in 1789 were, were wrote it with divine intervention and, and are without error or reproach. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, so every time a vacancy occurs, we're going to hear this discussion again. Is I, the person a pragmatist? Are they an originalist? I wonder, though, like, how can you be so educated to where you have, like, a jurist doctorate and, like have tried cases, whether you were an appellate judge or whatever, whatever, and you really look at the Constitution where people were fucking firing muskets and shit and fucking with the gunpowder and whatnot and thought, these people have made laws that will span eternity. I will tell you. How do you, how does your brain, like, I know you're smart. You're not, Anthony Scalia is not a fucking idiot. Like, I don't, he's not a moron. And I'm like, how can you be an originalist by thinking that somebody in 18-whatever has the insight to make a law that's good for managing cryptocurrency? I get it. And blockchain and, and, and NFTs. Like, what the fuck? Are I you can, dumb? I can answer that for you. It's called the Federalist Society. It's an organization that heavily influences... The conservative movement and that's who reagan turned to to help pick his supreme court nominees that's who bush george w bush turned to that's who trump turned to i don't believe that these people actually in their core believe this you can't but you it's can't. a way for them to wield power on the court to it they're pretty much their sole intent is to overturn roe v wade the federalist society in the early 80s really gained traction as a, a backlash or swinging the pendulum the other way yeah. against the what they deemed to be liberal, radical movement. Now, really what it is was progressivism. It's a progressive movement of humanity going through life and determining that there are certain rights that we should be able to secure that doesn't involve government intervention, trying to take a stance of life it's like, I get it. I get that you're passionate about saving the babies. However, we we have a little bit of... These motherfuckers kill more babies than anybody else. I get it. I get it. But th <laughs> this this is kind of a, a big thing for them, that they just see that, that action of women being able to use abortion for whatever purpose it is. It doesn't to, matter to if have it's some rape. Kind, if to it's have some kind of leverage over a man. Yeah. Or be like, you can't own me, and I can divorce you because we don't have any kids. We, have, we can't have that. We have talked about the reasons that women have abortions. It could be rape. It could be incest. It could be failed contraceptives. It could be, it could be medical my, complications. It could, it could be could, my husband beat the shit out of me, and I don't want to bring his progeny into this fucking world. Right. There are so many reasons. But the Federalist Society doesn't care about those reasons. Mm. They are so focused, hyper-focused on it's killing a baby, therefore we need to overturn Roe v. Wade. So these justices that are coming in on the conservative side are very, are, they're chosen by the Federalist Society, and that's their sole purpose. So to me, it just seems... I kind of wonder about the end, though, because I, I get that they're working on this means to this end, mm -hmm. but I'm kind of worried about, I'm kind of, not worried, I'm concerned about the end, where I'm like, Let's say you do. Let's just let's let's go to the extreme. Let's say we do overturn Roe v. Wade. You do realize that people will fly to Canada and have fucking abortions, yeah, or the Dominican Republic, or Colombia, they, or they understand. This is what this is a culture war. So it's not about actually stopping abortion. It's about the 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 perceived win, the the emotions, the I mean, the feelings that they have that they got. A win over the liberal movement that's it that's all they're concerned about it's not about a moral high ground they say that it is mm -hmm. 
But in essence, they're not stopping abortion. They're just preventing women from getting it within their state boundaries, and therefore they feel like they've won. And it's interesting that the whole fuck your feelings crowd is so concerned with the feeling of winning this argument. These motherfuckers will die on the hill of we own the liberals. They will. Which is cool to me because I'm not a liberal. I'm a far fucking leftist. Mm-hmm. So own them all you fucking want. I don't give a shit about the penis, <laughs> the fucking pussy hat wearing bitches. Like, I don't care. So but okay. I, I, ca- I could say a couple things about how originalists are very ignorant in a major way. And it has to do with the, the way that the justices are actually confirmed. But I'm going to skip it. And I'll come back to it if we've got time. Mm-hmm. But it just, um, in a nutshell... If they were so originalist, then they would go back to the original Senate rules of how these confirmations happen, and they wouldn't be talking about 67 or 60 or 51. They're not originalists. That proves it. So the big thing with the Supreme Court, any case that comes before them, there's this term called stare decisis, and that really just means court precedent. If they're ruling on cases that are similar to something that's been ruled on before, Mm Stare decisis means that you're going that they're obligated to keep the precedent from before unless something major changes. So it's a key component of most of these culture wars, though. Abortion, mm. gun rights. The, stare decisis is something that the Federalist Society is like, fuck it, throw it out the window. We don't give a shit. They Overturn don't, They it. don't like precedent? Not when it comes to Roe v. Wade. Not when it comes to Roe v. Wade. So when you get people from the Federalist Society who are on this mission to overturn Roe v. Wade, they end up actually saying that court precedent goes out the window in favor of my personal political <laughs> whims. Now think about that for a second. That's that's pretty radical, yeah. if you ask me, to say that court precedent is secondary my personal political whims are primary. And I don't want those people sitting on the bench. I'm sorry, I don't. So say what you want to about radical leftist judges that are being put on the bench, but history has shown us that those people tend to be very conservative with overturning things. They don't do it very often. Yeah. To them, court precedence means a lot. So the ones that are overturning a lot of shit are the people coming from the Federalist Society. And that just seems very radical. But the other thing is that they they tend to embarrass themselves a lot. And I have a clip that I want you to see. It's about a minute, minute and a half. This is why Justice Breyer has been so, so good on the bench. We can, we're very uncomfortable, we've said this before, with Brett Kavanaugh. Like, him and Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, these newer wait, Supreme wait, Court wait, justices. Wait, 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 wait. To be to be honest, I personally don't have a huge problem with Neil. I don't. He's pretty. Quiet. I think he's a decent judge. Like he's and like quiet. he keeps his own personal politics out of the bullshit. Major like the vast majority of the time. I've heard some of his line of questioning. Yeah, yeah. His questioning is is is. I'm just like, what the fuck you asking, bro? But like in the end, yeah. when I read his actual like mm-hmm. whether it's dissent or yeah. is a like, I'm just like, oh, this dude. Like, he went back into his chamber and was just like, no, the law says, and this is what I have to do. Okay, fine. <laughs> like, he begrudgingly just like, no, 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 no. But the other two, though, like fucking beer lover Kavanaugh and <laughs> and and Becky from Starbucks. Becky from Starbucks. I don't, like, I don't trust these people at all. There's, there's reason to not trust. And, and, and I urge everybody, go listen to some of these. You can find them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Just don't find clips of MSNBC telling you what happened. Listen to the whole thing yourself. Yeah. Because you find some really good gems in here. The clip I'm going to play was from a very recent case. This is them. Uh, the Supreme Court took up a case of a- abortion, I believe it was in Mississippi. Mm. And there was a lot of question about stare decisis. And whether they should stick with Roe v. Wade because it's precedent almost 50 years yeah. versus overturning it in favor of saving the life of the unborn. So Brett Kavanaugh lists a whole bunch of prior cases. And he was asking why the court should uphold Roe v. Wade merely because of court precedent. 
And then he listed Brown versus Board of Education, Baker versus Carr, West Coast Hotel, Miranda versus Arizona, Lawrence versus Texas. There's a couple other. And he goes, and I could go on. He's listing a whole bunch of cases. And he goes, just tell me, tell me why we should consider keeping Roe v. Wade when all these other times we overturn precedent. And this clip is Justice Breyer basically saying, hey, you fucking punk. If you're going to be citing cases and precedent from what we're talking about here, you should actually read the document because the document doesn't say any of the shit that you just listed here. He, he, he literally did like the conservative tactic of like Gish Gallup or just like, I've said a number of things yes. and, and, and I've said so many things that you don't have the time nor resources to come back to. Yes. But then Breyer being fucking 82 is just like, listen, this ain't my first rodeo, you fucking jip. Yep. <laughs> This is why I love him so much. So just just listen to this, and this is great. And um, it turns out uh, if the court in those cases had had listened and they were presented in our, with arguments in those cases, adhere to precedent. I'm talking about pages 854 to 863 in the Casey case, and I've already used up too much time. I can't read those pages out loud. But they do not include the list that Justice Kavanaugh had. They do include two. One is Brown, and the second one uh, is uh, West Coast Hotel versus Parish. And you could add the gay rights cases as a third, which would fit the criteria. But there are complex criteria that she's talking about that link to the position in the rule of law of this court. So all I would say is you have to read them before beginning to say whether they are overruling or not overruling in the sense meant there calling for special concern. Of course, Plessy was wrong when decided, but just a minute. Also remember, Plessy said that separate but equal was a badge of inferiority. Uh, no, they said it isn't. Well, all you have to do is open your eyes and look at the South, my friend, and you will see whether it was or it wasn't in 1954. I mention that because I want people to read those 15 pages with care. <laughs> and that's why I said that. Yo, do you know what he just did in like, in like urban culture? He just fucking rooked the fuck out of this guy. He's like, listen, rookie. Yes. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Welcome to the league, Rook. Exactly. He rooked him. He rooked him. He rooked him in public. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you've listed a bunch of cases that I'm sure you never read. Exactly. Go read pages exactly. 15 to 18, which I've read, taking a shit on my toilet. <laughs> you have not. Clearly. Yes. This is why the Federalist Society pumping out these people who... Oh my God, we're losing wait. this guy? Yes, this is the guy that's stepping down. Oh, <sighs> yes. That's why he's one of my favorites. That's why he's been my favorite Dude, since RBG has this, been done. This guy he, is a boss. He is a boss. So he's important because <laughs> these people coming out of the Federalist Society are not educated in case law. They're not educated in mm. why precedent matters. So you got Brett Kavanaugh saying... You know, Plessy versus Ferguson, that that was the, I mean, we overturned that with Brown versus Board of Education. So, you know the, so why should, well, hang on. So why shouldn't we just overturn Roe v. Wade? And Justice Breyer was saying, dude, Plessy said separate but equal, but all you had to do was fucking open your eyes and look to see that there wasn't anything equal it about it. Equal. And he's saying the same thing about the Casey case and Roe v. Wade. Mm. It's in the, the pages that he referenced. I looked them up. And what it's saying is, there is nothing that has changed in case law that has said that Roe v. Wade wasn't standing on solid ground. Nothing has happened in the 20 years plus and now the, the almost 50 years. Nothing has happened with actual constitutional law that has said that Roe was wrong. So, you know what? You know what also just occurred to me? And I don't know if it's the alcohol or whatnot, but it just it just <laughs> occurred to me. A bunch of the cases that Kavanaugh referenced in his shit that Breyer just fucking rooked him on. Mm -hmm. A bunch of those cases are 
Some of them are older than Kavanaugh. Yes. A bunch of them are around the same age and the same generation as Kavanaugh. Yes. At that time, Breyer was a grown-ass man and an yes. actual judge. He was already on the bench at that time. It's a great point. Great point. <laughs> so he, he rocked him on every level. Every He's level. like, listen, Jip. If you're from the South, you're going to love that term. It's a wonderful. Listen, Jip. I was actually a judge when these things were happening. Yes. And you were in diapers. Yes. And I've read them, and it's clear you haven't. Exactly. Wow. He's basically like, sit down. Sit let down. the adults handle this. Have, have several seats. Yes. <laughs> Very relevant to the conversation. The reason I bring all of this up and let you guys listen to a little wow. bit of Justice Breyer and how he thinks and how he acts is because the the replacement for him is very important. Now, President Biden made a promise that he would, if there was a vacancy, he was going to appoint a, a woman, an African American, and the GOP is all in a fucking tizzy over this Bro, right now and let me explain it don't why. have to be that for me i don't need that i just need the best person for the I job i don't give a fuck who it is i i like the idea of having more diversity and i will explain in in the sense that roe v wade is important and it's in danger of being overturned mm-hmm. because of these newer justices coming in whose sole purpose is to overturn it but the, i i don't care how empathetic a man is he will never understand what it's like to carry a human inside your body. And at that, to be forced to carry it against your will. So I like the idea of having diversity, but that also includes women who are able to see these things from a different perspective, from their worldview, their experiences in life, mm. being different from that of Brett Kavanaugh and even of Justice Breyer. So I think that we need to, it's great, let's have the most qualified person, but diversity is important for that very reason. I just, here's my thing though, and like, I, I don't know if I, I honestly don't know if I get backlash for this and my brain isn't at 100% right now because I've been drinking, but like, I don't think the Supreme Court is a place to fuck around with affirmative action. Like, I don't think, like, I don't think that is cool like, I, I mean, I'm, I guess for the culture and, like, for a certain section of the society, it's cool for a president to be like, if I have to appoint a justice, it will be a woman, it will be an African-American. Okay, what if there is a person of a different gender and a different ethnicity that is more qualified than the most qualified African-American woman? We just going to go with that just because it is is. Look cool. I don't want cool. I, I want. Can I want amazing. That very simply for you, somebody who was super qualified, who was not an African American woman. Mm-hmm. What happened to him in 2017? Oh yeah, that's right. Mitch McConnell decided that he wasn't allowed to have a hearing. I know. He's now our Attorney General, so he got his day. Attorney but, General, or is he? Is he the Secretary of the? No, he's no, not. No, he's Attorney General. He's Attorney General. Yeah, Merrick Garland. Yeah, I know, he was I know, a person yeah. who was highly qualified, wasn't an African American woman, and he definitely should have sat on, sat on that court. But oh yeah. Politics was what prevented him from being there. No, but so, I don't have. But, so I'm not talking about the politics of the nomin uh, of 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 of. of passing the nomination i'm talking about just the nomination like like all right so so you and i respect merrick garland yes he has an impeccable track record this guy could be anybody's granddad and like you could leave your kids with this guy and just know that the dude them kids is gonna be fine Mm, this dude is cut they don't make them like that anymore that dude is straight up right now can you find an african-american woman judge that is better than Merrick Garland in the United States of America. Where where is she? Well, I don't know. But you can't you can't assume that there isn't. No, one. I'm I'm not saying there isn't. But what I'm saying is, wh- wherever she is, she needs to be better than Merrick Garland for me to be like, yay, African American woman. I'm not against. Believe me, I'm pro black. You know, you know that. Of course. But at the same time, I want the best, not just because she is black and she is a woman, because. If, if she hasn't tried as many cases as Merrick Garland, if she hasn't had the experience of Merrick Garland, I want Merrick Garland. You know what? I just, I disagree with you, and here's why. Because women have had to hear this all of our goddamn lives. No. That we gotta be better than the best man around. No, I, no, 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 no. So here's, so if it was, what if, it boils if, down no, to. no, I'm not, what, no. I think you're mistaking me. I think you're mistaking me. If the best woman was a Native American Whatever. Like, get her. No, I understand what you're saying. 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against the woman under, part. I'm not against understand. the woman part. I'm just saying, get the best person for the opening. Don't go into the presidency saying, I will do this and I will do that. Like, what if your two parameter choices aren't the best? Like, seriously. And I'm not saying Merritt Garden. Let's, let's pick another woman. Let's pick your mom. If your mom was the best judge in the fucking land, I don't want the, I don't want a guy. I don't want a guy to come in and be like, I'm going to pick a white male. No, pick Beth's mom. She's the best. That's all I'm saying. Whoever the best is, whatever the, their genitalia, put them in there. Can I, can I speak for a second? Go on. The court needs to be representative of our country. We do not have the voice of a black woman sitting on the Supreme Court. That's fair. The diversity needs to be representative of this country, and we do not have a court that's representative of this country. That's the bottom line. I think that's a fair point. Oh, no, that's, that's a solid point. And, and we women have heard it all of our lives. Yeah. When, when we're the ones who are, when somebody comes and says, you know what, we need more women here, then we incessantly hear, oh, but we need we the, need best, the best, best person. I, we don't need the, we don't need the, we hear it. I get, we I completely it. understand that. So yeah. here, here's, here's, and, and I'm not trying to like have the last word or whatever, right? If, let's just say, for example, by, not for example, he literally said, I want it to be an African-American woman, right? Mm -hmm. But what if, the best judge for the time is a white female American. Should we then just pick the black woman because of diversity or should we go with the best person, which also happens to be a woman? The, the best person is completely subjective. It depends on what it is that we're looking well, for. Well, it ain't Amy Comey Barrett. That's true. That's purely political. <laughs> Her choice was political. Yeah. Nothing to do with trying to get diversity. Well, someone who is selected based on race or gender is no different than choosing somebody based on how they view Roe v. Wade or how they view gun rights. Okay. It's just what it is that you want them to rule on. And I don't, I don't agree with us using the court that way, but that's just the reality of it. If the GOP is going to be focused on, find me a person who will overturn Roe v. Wade, then please don't let me hear them clutching their pearls about, oh, they're looking for someone who is African-American. But that's no the thing. Different. They don't they don't they never say the quiet part out loud. No one ever comes out and says we're choosing this judge because they will overturn Roe v. Wade. That's never said. Well, no, but that's how their line of questioning is. And that's the fact that they go to the Federalist Society. Everybody knows what that means. That means they're there to overturn Roe v. Wade because mm. that is the platform of Federalist Society. So the GOP fails to recognize how easy that they have it right now, though, because they're talking about how Joe Biden's going to choose this radical person and this and that and the other. Um, <laughs> Biden's a softie. There, he's a softie. Uh, Lyndon Yellow Belly. Lyndon Johnson. He was president in the '60s. He created a vacancy. Now, this is the kind of shit Biden could be doing. Yeah. But he's not doing because he's too soft. Johnson created a vacancy on the court by choosing the son of a sitting justice to become his attorney general. Yeah. That was Ramsey Clark that he appointed an attorney to attorney general. And so so now we have conflict of, conflict interest, of interest and nepotism. So one of you motherfuckers got to go. Yep. And, and as a dad, if my son has a really nice post, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. That is exactly that's smart as fuck. And that's how we got Thurgood Marshall. The first African-American wow. man on the court was because yo, Johnson was yo, forcing somebody out. It's such a chess match. I know. So Biden could be doing this kind of shit. He could be, as your friend pointed out to you, he could be, I don't know, appointing Anita Hill on the <laughs> Supreme Court, sitting right next to Clarence Thomas. That would be interesting. This is the kind of hardball that he could be playing right now. So is she qualified, though? That's my I thing. No like, I, don't, I don't know enough about her to know yeah, for sure. Yeah. But he could be doing so much with this shit right now. Mm. And not necessarily even in retribution for what Mitch McConnell did. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But Biden's just doing the bare minimum right now of just appointing a justice. Bare. He could be expanding the court. He could be forcing somebody to resign. He could be... Finding some person who is like the, the biggest troll ever to put yeah. on the court, but he's not. 
He's just finding because that's what they did with fucking Amy Comey Barrett. Yes. They live, literally found the yes. biggest troll. Exactly. I was just like, here you go for a lifetime appointment. Exactly. So they need to just kind of sit down and shut up for a little while. They're not in power. Give him this moment. Yeah. Give us this moment, please. So Mitch McConnell's Senate played it really, really dirty. In 2016, McConnell blocked President Obama from appointing a justice because he said it was too close to the election. Well, we're one year into the Biden fucking presidency, so I don't want to hear that shit. I know. So that was when Justice Scalia died, and that was eight months before an election. But then in June 2018, Justice Kennedy said he was retiring, and then that's when we got Brett Kavanaugh. And that was a midterm and Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed one month before the midterms. Yeah. 2022 is midterms. So we'll see if the GOP has the balls to even say that it's a midterm year. We can't be appointing anybody. If they say that, it's fucking bullshit. You know you know they're going to pull some shit. Because yes. like they, they don't... It's not that they don't understand. They don't care about hypocrisy. They, they don't. don't. They're just like... They have oh, no- the only thing that matters... The conservatives, the right, the GOP is winning. Winning. That's it. And, and, and to a certain extent, I respect that. I really do. It's because the other side, the other side are concerned with playing moral high ground chess. Exactly. Exactly. While the GOP is like, flip table. Yeah. Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> Just, um, when, what game are you playing? You're not playing the same game. No. Not. So when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died in September 2020, Mitch McConnell suddenly changed his tune when he said prior, to, in, in a couple years prior, he said eight months is too close to an election. Mm-hmm. Well, how about one week before an election? That's when we got Amy Coney Barrett confirmed. So no matter what, just save me they, every they ounce of disdain. About- Spare me all the bullshit. From the GOP about how they care so much about letting people after no no they don't give a shit they just want all to- they care about is winning exactly and that's that's it in a nutshell really SCOTUS and the economy we cover a lot today yeah and and two different <laughs> topics that like don't even really matter to each other no but they're both in the headlines today so yeah, and we're trying to be current. We're trying to give you shit that, like, you know, yeah. matters to you right now. The economy definitely matters to you. Yeah. And what's happening with it. To be, like, honestly, personally, personally, if there is any GOP bullshit with this nomination, I'm just going to give up, like, <laughs> reading news and just anything concerning that. Like, I'm just like, because, like... I already have. <laughs> there, there, you can only be bullied so much. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is going to be interesting to see where this goes because of the fact that the Democratic Party is very, um, they're really very conservative when it comes to wielding power. Very conservative. Someone once said, and we can finish on this, but someone once said, there is no left in America. Mm-mm, it's all right. Yes, correct. All right. Correct. Tell these people how they can reach us. So we are on Twitch at Mixed Politics, and we haven't been doing any streams there for a while. But you we, said we were going to live stream. I, yeah, we are definitely going to start doing that soon. Mm-hmm. So go go over to Twitch and find us there. On YouTube, you can search us, Mixed Politics, two words. Facebook and Instagram at Mixed.Politics. Twitter at MixedPolitics1. And email us at mixedpoliticspod at gmail.com if you've got questions or suggestions for future topics. Mm-hmm. Be sure to go to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a rating. Help us with the algorithm a little bit. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Share all the things. And then you're going to tell them about Patreon. Patreon.com slash mixedpolitics is where you give back to us for enjoying this hour that we spend with you every week or other week um, on your commute. I actually do recommend that. A lot of my friends have been telling me that they listen to the podcast on the way to work yes. and then like the other half on the way back. Yes. Which I think is super cool. I think that's great. But if you do go to patreon.com slash mixedpolitics, um, you can donate to the podcast. It'll give us better equipment. Um, but there's also stuff that we provide back to you, whether it's merch, whether it's access to our behind the scenes, if it's bonus content, like we usually do an extra 30 minutes or more 
um of an episode like once we click off here we're gonna go do another mini episode for our patreon subscribers there have been a few and we love you all we appreciate you all um like almost a year now some of them have been, yeah yeah it's really really we, cool we and really appreciate we that. appreciate you um there's merch you can be a part of the show whether remote or by a panel or depending on the level that you subscribe or um, donate at Patreon. You, we'd welcome you here to come sit with us, to come sit at the bar, free drinks. There's as far as having dinner with us and spending the whole weekend just talking politics and bullshit and whatever. We can do that. We'll put you up in a nice hotel. It'll be great. So all of that is available and more and less at patreon.com slash mixed politics. Right. Yeah. So to all our analysts, pundits, and experts, mm -hmm. cheers. We appreciate you. I, I like how you're not like you don't care about the time anymore. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. <laughs> you're just like I got shit to say. Yeah. It takes a while, so okay.